Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of January 28th. In the news, Armenia marks the 30th anniversary of the establishment of its armed forces. President Armen Sarkisian resigns. Armenia improves its ranking in Transparency International's newly published annual Corruption Perception Index. Today, Armenia marks the 30th anniversary of the establishment of its armed forces. Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan issued a statement congratulating the nation. In his statement, he noted that during the last 30 years, the Armenian army has had both glorious days and passed through many challenges, and that now Armenia is pursuing the path of systemic reforms aimed at further developing the armed forces. According to the statement, the Republic of Armenia will have a professional army, improve the army's combat readiness, arsenal, and the military military service conditions. Government members, military and other high-ranking officials visited Yerabulur, the military cemetery today, to pay their respects to the fallen soldiers. It was announced that there will be no public events marking Army Day because of the increasing numbers of COVID-19. On the evening of January 23, the press office of Armenia's president, Armen Sarkisian, issued a statement announcing his resignation. Sarkisian cited the limits that the constitution imposes on the presidency as the main reason for his resignation, saying that his office, quote, does not have the necessary tools to influence the fundamental processes of domestic and foreign policy in these difficult times for the country and the nation. Sarkisian announced his resignation while on leave for medical reasons. The following day, Hetgeyem published an article claiming that Armen Sarkisian had been a citizen of the small island nation of St. Kitts and Nevis, uh, a known offshore territory, before assuming office in 2018. Sarkisian confirmed that he has held citizenship of St. Kitts and Nevis in correspondence with Hetk, uh, however, explained that he received the citizenship when he made a considerable investment there. Sarkisian also told Hetk that he applied to annul his citizenship before accepting the post of the president. According to the Armenian constitution, the president of Armenia cannot hold citizenship of a foreign country six years prior to assuming office. And this is not the first time that Sarkisian is involved in a dual citizenship conundrum. When uh, he assumed office in 2018, it was known that he had held British citizenship, which caused a debate whether he was eligible to hold the position of president. The issue was resolved when Sarkisian said that he had renounced his British citizenship before he was appointed Armenia's ambassador to the UK in 2013. When there were issues there also, Maria, because uh, the public demanded that the documents be made public. However, kind of it was kind of resolved, the issue, when mm-hmm. Pashinyan said, I met with the president, he showed me all the proof that I needed. And in this case, with his other citizenship, if he had renounced it or tried to renounce it before becoming uh, president in 2018, that still doesn't cover the prior, six years prior right, part. Right. After Hetk published its article, um, the case was forwarded to the Armenian National Security Service. Um, and now Hetk is insisting that if it is established that Sarkisian assumed office illegally, this could potentially mean that every decision that he has signed in the last four years uh, is also illegal. Sarkisian has one week uh, to withdraw his resignation. The one week will be the Sunday. 
If he doesn't, Parliament has to elect a new president uh, no earlier than 25 days and no later than 35 days after Sarkisian's resignation. None of the parliamentary factions has announced potential nominees yet. A quarter of the parliament has to vote for a candidate to be nominated. The person that gets three quarters of the vote becomes president. If no one gets three quarters, there will be a vote of 60%. If no one gets 60%, then there is a vote of 50%. Speaker of Parliament, Alain Simonian, will exercise the powers of the president of the republic until a new president is elected. Right, it just seems they just keep voting until they get a simple majority. And, and in other news, yesterday, Turkey's foreign minister Mevlet Çavuşoğlu announced that there is a possibility that Armenia will accept Turkey's offer to participate in the Antalya Diplomatic Forum in mid-March and may be represented by Foreign Affairs Minister Arad Mirzoyan and Special Envoy Ruben Rubinian. During a press conference on January 27, Edward Arajanian announced that at this stage there is no final decision uh, from the Armenian side on participating in the Antalya Forum because there was a lot of discussion, of course, because people picked it up from the Turkish media and all all of a sudden it became... You know, a fact. Also on January 23, Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan announced that Turkey wants to hold the next 3 plus 3 format meeting in Turkey. And as a reminder, the 3 plus 3 format is a cooperation platform for the three South Caucasus countries and regional neighbors, Russia, Turkey, and Iran, although Georgia has announced that it does not intend to participate. The first meeting in a uh, now 3 plus 2 format was held in Moscow on December 10. This week, uh, Turkey Turkish media also reported that Turkey wants to hold direct negotiations with Armenia either in Yerevan or Ankara and not in a third country. The first meeting between the Armenian and the Turkish special envoys was held on January 14. The date of the second meeting has yet to be set. This week, Armenia's foreign minister, Arat Mirzoyan, was in Luxembourg for a working visit. While there, he met with the president of the Chamber of Deputies, the foreign minister, and the prime minister of Luxembourg. Issues pertaining to regional security and stability, Armenia's relations with Azerbaijan and Turkey, as well as Armenia-EU cooperation, were discussed during Mirzoyan's meetings with officials. And in regional news, Iran's minister of roads and urban development, Rostam Ghassami, led a delegation to Azerbaijan visiting the territories that came under Azerbaijani control after the Artsakh war. Asami and his team were there to get acquainted with the investment possibilities. Mm-hmm. Well, Azerbaijan's defense minister also visited Tehran this week, meeting with high-ranking military officials as well as Iran's president, Ibrahim Raisi. As a reminder, tensions between Azerbaijan and Iran escalated last October Uh, when Iranian officials announced that Azerbaijan was harboring foreign agents. Iran even started accumulating troops on its border with Azerbaijan, conducting military drills. Since then, both sides have announced that all these disputes have been settled. Meanwhile, Azerbaijan resorted to using Armenia's airspace. Right. And this week, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan confirmed the board members of the Constitutional Reform Council, members of parliamentary factions, extra-parliamentary parties, as well as civil society representatives have to be included in the council. The council will be chaired by the Minister of Justice, Garen Antiasian. Within a two-month period, a professional commission is also to be established, which will be the main body working on the reforms. The Constitutional Reforms Council will guide the work of the professional commission. 
and uh, parliamentary opposition Armenia Alliance and I have honor factions are boycotting the constitutional reforms and have not appointed any representatives. The constitutional reforms uh, will progress without participation of the opposition. And just a side note, there's not a single woman on that council. Yes. So, Well, maybe the constitution will be written for men, maybe. <laughs> And yesterday, the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe adopted a resolution on the functioning of democratic institutions in Armenia, according to which Armenia has achieved significant democratic progress after the change of political leadership in 2018 and has managed to come out of a political crisis triggered by the 2020 Artsakh War through elections in June of 2021. The report, which was prepared before the resolution was passed, referred to the achievements made and challenges remaining with regard to elections electoral reform, the balance of institutional power, the political environment, judicial reform, and the media environment, and made a number of concrete recommendations. PACE also called for the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict within the OSCE Minsk group and the return of all Armenian POWs. This week, Transparency International also published its annual report on the perception of corruption around the world, in which Armenia has improved its position by two points and now ranks 58 out of 180 countries, together with Greece, Jordan, and Nambia. Neighbors Azerbaijan and Georgia ranked 128th and 45th, respectively, while Russia ranked 136th and Turkey 96th. Despite the slight improvement, the report noted that following the 2018 revolution, Armenia initially made both significant democratic improvements and positive strides against corruption, climbing 15 points on the CPI over the last decade. However, in 2021, promised anti-corruption and judicial reforms stalled in the wake of the political and economic crisis triggered by the pandemic and renewed conflict in the Nagorno-Karabakh region. In other news, Kristina Grigorian, who served as Deputy Justice Minister, will replace Armen Tatoyan as Armenia's human rights defender. This will happen on February 24. Ruling Civil Contract Party had announced their, her candidacy in December, and Parliament elected her on January 24. Grigorian has held senior positions in the Armenian Ministry of Justice starting from 2015 until 2018 also. Well, relations between the current human rights defender Arman Tatoyan and the ruling party were strained after the Artsakh War as Tatoyan criticized Armenian troop withdrawals ordered by Pashinyan following the war, as well as accused the ruling party of undermining judicial independence and bullying opposition groups that defeated the ruling party in recent local elections. And last week, Grigorian stated in Parliament that the Office of the Human Rights Defender, quote, must not be perceived as a body alienated from the state and fighting against the state, adding that if elected, she will strive to correct these misconceptions. In truth, it should fight against the state if the state is not fair or is... Uh, I would think yeah. so, but... Well. Also, on January 26th, Deputy Mayor of Yerevan, Gane Melkom Melkomian, announced that she is stepping down from her position, uh, leaving projects unfinished, unfortunately. However, adding that given the current setup at City Hall, her resignation makes sense. On that same day, it was reported that Deputy Mayor Sergei Harutyunyan was also dismissed. Following former Yerevan Mayor Haik Marutyan's impeachment last December, several city council members have also put down their mandates. 
On January 24, the Armenian government decided to allocate 144 billion Armenian dirhams to the Artsakh government to solve housing issues for people who were displaced after the war, as well as funding the construction of the Badara Stepanagerd water pipeline, which will resolve the water issues of Stepanagerd and surrounding areas. And we remember last summer, um, for days on crisis, end, they had yes. issues with water. Yeah. And the search operations for the bodies of soldiers killed during the Artsakh war still continue. Two more bodies were retrieved this week. During a press conference on January 24, Health Minister Anait Avanesian stated that the process of identifying bodies through DNA testing has been uh, concluded and there are no, no more samples waiting for DNA answers. And well, now to the latest COVID updates. Daily infection numbers are soaring in the country. The number of positive tests uh, this week went from 688 on Monday uh, and today to a whopping 3,565. Uh, uh, 40% of tests came out as positive. Death rates fortunately are low, and there are currently 16,965 people uh, with COVID. Anait Avanesian, the health minister, stated on January 27 that only 5 to 6% of confirmed COVID cases need hospitalization. The vaccination process is ongoing. Now, over 33% of the adult population have received their first shot, and over 27% are fully vaccinated. Uh, 5,650 people have already received their booster shots. And that's the kind of week it's been here uh, in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Uh, have a good weekend, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you.